Well, I, I have two purposes this morning on this great Father's Day. Number one is I just want to come along beside you and bring honor to fatherhood and speak of the sublime nobility, or I will call the glory of fatherhood. How many of you are fathers in this house? Okay. My second purpose is, is that I want to come along beside you and chat with you about the value and the glory of honoring your father, whether alive or deceased. How many of you either have or at one point in time, you've had a father? There's a few of you that are not sure. I know it's early in the morning. Well, fill in the blank. You've had one. And, um, and so this is an all-inclusive message. Whether you're a father or you've ever had one, I want to address both strains of thought this morning. When I, young married man, I, I just was on, Christina, it's great to see you, girl. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, uh, it's hard for you to be inconspicuous, girl. You're <laughs> strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I want to say a word about Christina. Pardon me here. Um, but first met Christina, of course, at Pastor Daniel's office there at Starbucks. And um, that must be part of your discipleship flow. You have to work there first, and then you flow through there. And so, Christina, I know um, a chunk of her history and her story through the years. And um, I couldn't be more proud of you, girl. And you have, um, in reality, you, you have, um, you, God's carved out victory in the midst of just tragedies in life. And I... I I'm so very proud of you, and I'm proud of you as a church family because I have seen dramatic, dramatic growth in Christina's life since she got adopted into this spiritual family, and she's become even just a different spirit, even uh, so much, and so I'm really, really proud of you, and I know you just got back from El Salvador. Anybody else went to El Salvador here? Okay, all right. I know you were rocking and rolling in El Salvador, right? And, and uh, very, very proud of you. Where was I? Here's the deal. I've got two daughters. They're grown. I've got a 32-year-old daughter and a 29-year-old daughter. And back in the day, I, I just was um, kind of in a frenzy for God, had a zeal, uh, a lot, but not as much knowledge, and so I just was on fire for God. And I went through the first four or five years of our marriage, and I just kind of felt like we'd never have kids because I was just too busy for God. And I didn't want anything to abate or slow down my, my gate for the Lord. And so I just kind of, you know, and Penny, my wife, was just very patient with the process and trusted the Lord. And so, I mean, God had to supernaturally, I mean, you know, for me, it was very, very supernatural, um, speak to me on both occasions to have a child. 
or otherwise I would have missed it. And so I'm a very unlikely candidate in terms of fatherhood. I didn't even want to be a dad. I just obeyed by having a child and trusting that the Lord somehow through that obedience would give me a heart of a father. I, I didn't have it in the natural at all. And all I can say, and I just say this to you, and everybody's at a different juncture in their journey with the Lord, but you, you uh, I started off very weak as a father, but by his grace, I'm ending strong as a father. And so no matter what your journey looks like or how checkered or how brilliant it may be, in your fatherhood, God's grace can be compounded with your weakness to cause the glory of fatherhood to become a rich thing in your life. And so let me address the fathers in the house. Again, would you lift up your hands so I can kind of eye you. Yeah, great, Carl and Amy, it's so great to see the two of you and see your two kiddos and can't wait for the next four or five coming along. <laughs> Glory be to God. Stretch out your hands toward Carl and Amy. So, uh, kind of a spirit of unbelief, I feel, over here. Not sure what, what's happening. Um, the calling, the vocation, the lofty, sublime glory of fatherhood is unmatched, unparalleled with no slight to mothers because that's unparalleled for mothers in their niche as well. But I'm addressing you as fathers. Your role is that of dignity and honor and glory despite our weaknesses. And there's three things I really just want to accent about the glory of fatherhood. You'll see the scripture, Proverbs 17, 6. Let's put that up on the, there we go. Children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children is their father. It's a very unique role here with respect. It doesn't say mother. There's other places that are unique to motherhood. But here it says the glory of children is their fathers. That word glory, it means bravery, strength. It means an ornament. Here we go. Strength, majesty, ornament, bravery. And I love this. The word glory means to explain or make clear oneself. Part of the unique calling of a father, we'll keep that up there, is a father brings like an ornament, a decoration of strength and majesty and bravery to their kids. Now, this is all imperfect, right? But nonetheless, God releases that through dads. And look at that, to explain or make clear oneself. One of the roles of a father is a father brings definition. A father marks their children, not in some weird controlling way, but puts a mark on them for God. The glory of children is their fathers. One, number one, 
the, one of the roles of a father is you release glory into your children. You release glory, strength, beauty. You mark them. Proverbs 22, 6, you know the scripture very, very well. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Now, in Hebrew, which is a picture language, here's the picture described by the English in Proverbs 22.6. Here's train up a child. What it means is this, that in a, every Hebrew family, there was the family oil. And that oil, it would be like the goods. Ben and Linda, they, they have a family oil. And by the way, how well you have done, Ben, you and your wife, how well you have done and how well you're doing. And that family oil, every Hebrew house would have their own oil. It was slightly different than your neighbor. And this whole picture language of the scripture means this. When you received a baby, that as a father, you would dip your finger into the family oil in a vat in your home or a vase. You'd dip your finger in the oil and you'd put it on your little baby's tongue. And you'd mark your little baby, and, and you, and so to speak, you were saying, this is our family oil. This is the good oil. And, and it's a sign of marking. And that father would do that knowing that, you know what? Who knows where that baby will go and grow up and what they'll become, but they'll never forget the taste of what we believe in, our values, our house, the good household. And one of the roles you have as a father is you mark your children. I know it's imperfect, but you mark them. You give them definition for God. And let me just say a word of encouragement if you're in this situation. You may be a father and maybe you have a, a child that has gone uh, offline from God, gotten detoured. Let me tell you something, as imperfect as it is, you have marked them with the oil of the Lord and the promise is even when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And so you just keep believing, oh, the story's not over yet. It will end well. One of the roles of a father is you mark your children. You bring glory to them. You release glory. A second thing with a role of a father that's just very unique is you release blessing to them. You release blessing to them. It's releasing prayer, releasing blessing. Maybe you've done it all the way from the beginning. They grow up, they're on their own, and you just keep releasing blessing on them. I'll just scatter out some prayers that I love to pray over my grown daughters, and I, I, I pray this over them, and I just declare that they will be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I love to pray out of Psalm 112. I believe Psalm 112. Great will be the peace of my daughters, inwardly, relationally, circumstantially, in the midst of the storms of their life, that they will, great will be their peace. I love to pray that. I love to pray Isaiah 54. They, they will be taught 
of the Lord. I love to pray something else somewhere else in Psalms where it says, the children of the righteous will be mighty upon the earth. I, I, I pray over my kids. I'm going to do it all the way to the grave, and, and, and I'll speak over them. You, they will be mighty in morality. They'll be mighty in humility. They'll be mighty in their marriages. They'll be mighty in their scruples. They'll be mighty in their ethics, and, I, and I, they will be mighty upon the earth. As a father, you have a unique position by the Lord to release blessing upon your kids, grown or maybe they're just a, a, a couple of years old. How old is your oldest? Two. Well, my goodness, two. You release blessing upon them. You know, I, I used to, when my kids were at home, when they were little babies, I, you know, I was the one that would predominantly put them to bed at night because that was my moment. You know, they'd been with Penny most of the time. So that night, I, it was my moment. And I'll just never forget, I, oftentimes I didn't know what to pray. But I just put my hand on them. And I just would speak blessing on them. And, 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 and I would say, you shall know the Lord intimately. Oh, that's one of the things I prayed time and time again. You will know the Lord intimately. And, I, and I, I prayed about their morality and their ethics and just their heart for the Lord. They'll, they'll be one thing girls, just loving him. And, and so just pray over them. They're little, they're at home. Get every opportunity for your teenager just to, in a cool way. Yeah, a cool, confident Christian swagger, not in some weird, hyper way that's offensive, but just grab them and, and bless. I bless you, son. Bless you, girl, in the name of the Lord. You'll be strong in the Lord today. Yeah, you know, and, and so be cool about it. And, and it's a great opportunity now. My kids are grown, and every time I'm with them, they're both out of town, but every time I'm with them, and it, it's, uh, it's a moment. And I get ready to leave and fly home. <laughs> I speak blessing over my grown daughters. In the midst of their life, their portion, their lot, some of it's good, some of it's not all that great. And speak blessing over them. You, you uh, become a patriarch through the years with your kids. The third thing, you see, you release glory, you release blessing. Number three, you model wholeheartedness. You model wholeheartedness. Time and time again, the Bible talks about having a perfect heart. And I used to read that and go, oh, my gosh, it's over for me. I'm done. I'm done. Perfect heart. The word perfect in the Bible means wholehearted. And so what God's after with us as men, as fathers, he just wants us to be wholehearted. You know, fail, 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 but get back up. Just keep in the game. Stay wholehearted. Model wholeheartedness to your kids. And uh, that, that's called a perfect heart to God. I mean, when my kids were little, I mean, really little. I can't tell you how many times. I'd, I'd pick them up, and I'd be crying. I'd say, Hannah, Leah, I'm sorry. I was impatient with you. Please forgive me. I mean, they were one year old. They were less than a year old. They didn't even have any clue what I was really even saying. 
but I'd pick them up and I'd be crying. So I'm sorry. I, I corrected you too strong, too hard out of anger. Please forgive me or this or that. I was impatient, whatever. And so my, my, my kids just, <laughs> you know, the key to fatherhood, be a great repenter. I tell you what, it's, it's, it's the one thing that I've done the best. Just repent a lot, wholeheartedly, sincerely, apologize. I remember when my kids were like 8 and 11. So they, they grew up, their dad being a pastor all their life. 8 and 11 years old, I remember I sat them down one day and I said, look, kids, you're old enough now, you're 8 and 11, so you pretty much have everything figured out. And so I want to come to you. You've always been accountable to me, but now I want to be accountable to you. You hear your dad preach all the time, and I need your help. Whenever I'm preaching something that I'm not living at home, I need you to call me on it. I'll not take your allowance. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to get mad. I need your help because nobody sees it like you see it. They're 8 and 11. Now, what I didn't realize is that they were going to take me up on it. And I didn't think about this. I, I should have put a time frame on it. Like, it's still happening. It hasn't gone away. Because I knew I'd fail and fail and fail. But I, I, I needed to be honest with them and model wholeheartedness. And so, I mean, still yet today, I'll, when, when it's appropriate, I'll repent over the phone or in person or whatever. And we're just used to that as a family. And I've had my epic meltdowns and breakdowns don't we all and and i'll never forget i'll just mention one but i was my kids were like 17 and 14 and we're all with my wife we're, we're driving to this seminary and i'm giving a seminary commencement speech which is different than preaching or teaching it's word for word it's a speech so i had it all typed up ready to go and i remember i'm heading to the seminary we're all we're all there together and um and I asked one of my daughters, I said, can you grab my speech? It's in the back, Jeep. It's in the back underneath my jacket. And she looks around, couldn't find it. I said, Dad, it's not there. I said, well, look again. It's got to be there. And, and she looked again and said, Dad, it's, it's not there. Bottom line is I'd left my speech back home. And, 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 and so I, had, and I was running out of time. You can't be a late to a commencement, and you're the speaker. And this is a word-for-word -word speech I'm giving. And, and anyway, it's kind of legendary in our family that what I ended up doing, I, I drove home so fast, got the speech, I'm running behind, and I'm driving 85 down the road tying my tie. And to this day, whenever I get together with my daughters, they'll, they'll say something like this. Do you remember tie 85? Tie 85. It's when you melted down, Dad, you manifested, you know. And so I failed in so many levels. But the key is to be wholehearted. Be a quick repenter, a genuine repenter. Model to your kids when they're babies all the way to their whatever. Model to them a perfect heart. You say, well, I can't keep up. No, no, no. Model with them an honest heart, wholeheartedness, a humble heart. A repentant heart. It's the glory of fatherhood. And those of you who are fathers, no matter the challenges, no matter the issues that are tagged with your lot, your portion, what God has given you is a place of nobility, a place of sublime, lofty influence. Release glory, release blessing, and model wholeheartedness.
Now I want to speak to everyone who has ever had a father or currently does. Or you, all of our journeys can be quite different, can't they? And our stories are, are different. Short story, I make it brief, but when I was five years old, my dad was in a car accident. It, 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 was, it was horrific. And uh, through all that, he sustained some pretty strong brain damage and was mentally impaired at a certain level all the rest of his life and in my life. He passed away in 91. And remember growing up, it felt more like I raised my dad more than he raised me. A lot of holes in my life, a lot of holes in my heart. You talk about the glory of fatherhood, I, you know... I didn't taste that. Didn't taste that. And um, so it, it, it was a challenge to me. And uh, for some of you, the father in your life, it's just been rich. Uh, for some, it's been uh, mediocre. For some, it's, it's been a, a scar or a challenge. And yet, in the midst of all that, you know this well. Ephesians 6, 2, and 3. Let's put it up there. You know, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And it goes on to say in verse 3, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Another translation says that honor your father and your mother that you might live a long and satisfying life. And so there's longevity there, but the great promise of the Lord is if I dial in to honoring, in this case here today, my father, there'll be satisfaction in my heart. I'll live a satisfying life. I'll never forget, you know, the word honor means to place a value upon. It has nothing to do with what your father's activities, what it really, um, the value of how they did it, fatherhood. Honoring your father has everything, it's all on you. You place a value upon them. I'll never forget, I was, I was like 18, and God was drilling this lesson into me. My dad, that I felt like I was raising more than him, raising me. So it was a, it was a dysfunctional situation. And I remember, and I just, I thought this. I was watching my dad, and the, I, I know where I was. And there was a moment in time when I just made a decision based on the, that scripture that I am going to put a million-dollar price tag on my dad. Now it should be a billion, right? I think inflation goes up. <laughs> But I remember making a decision, I'm going to treat him like a million bucks the rest of his life. It doesn't make any difference what value I've gotten from him. What you're calling me to do is to put a value on him. Alive or deceased, this can be carried out. And so honoring your father, matter of fact, it's the first horizontal commandment of the Ten Commandments, everything else is vertical before that. Now all of a sudden it gets into relationships. It says, first off, honor your father and your mother. <laughs> because when that's fractured in my heart, it disjoints every other relationship I'll ever have. There's a lot of residual effect. So I really have to go after this. 
whether my dad's alive or he's deceased. And so honoring your father, it's a critical, critical issue. And, and, and let me mention three things. The first level of honoring your father is you cover them. You cover them. I won't go into the scripture. Uh, you, you know the story when Moses got drunk after the flood, was naked in his tent. You remember the deal. Had three sons. The first son, Ham, went in, saw him naked, and went back out and talked to the family about it. The other two sons, Shem and Japheth, walked in, saw the naked, and they covered in, they covered a, they covered their dad. They walked in backwards, actually. They didn't even look on it. They covered in, they walked in backwards, and they covered their dad with a sheet. And uh, for some of you today, and I, I know it may be a bit, um, may not be a light thing. For some of you today, I'm calling you to go backward in your life, in your history, and cover your debt. Release him. Forgive him. Don't keep looking at the former nakedness and keep talking about it to everybody. Go backward and cover that man. You see, well, I didn't say cover up. I didn't say lie about it or pretend like it never happened. No, I said go backward and say, you know what? It all was not well and this hurt and that, what, but you know what? I'm going to release forgiveness on my dad today. Alive or dead, I'm going to cover him. One of the great ways you honor your father is you cover them. Love covers up multitude of sins. It covers. So whether it's been 50 years ago or it's still current today, cover your dad. Are you with me, church? It's integral in every other relationship you'll ever have. When you, when you choose to cover your dad out of honor, I'm telling you something, it there's a residual effect of enrichment that comes upon every other relationship in your life. Some marriages get jacked up because the, it's jacked up by two people that are jacked up in their heart toward their dad. It infiltrates everywhere. So cover your dad, even if you've got to go backward some years, cover him. Number two, respect and honor your father or bless your father. And, um, you know, and just be thankful for him. You say, well, I'm not quite sure. Some of you got a lot to be thankful for. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not quite sure what to be thankful for. I remember when I really laid a hold of this, okay, I, I got a shift. I'm going to cover my dad, and I'm going to start respecting him and honoring him. I'm going to place a value upon him. And I started here. I just started thanking my dad for all the Big Macs that he bought me. That was one of the more profound things. I thank, I thank my dad that he called me buddy. It's a term of endearment. You know, you find something, even if you just have to go all the way to the root and just be thankful for your dad that he had you. Just start there. If there's nothing else, start there. Say, God, thank you for using my dad to get me on the planet. <laughs> start there. If there's nothing else to it, other things will emerge in your heart. 
But re, if need be, set your heart to honor and bless your dad at all costs. Emotionally, mentally, volitionally, you honor your dad. You cover, you bless. The third thing I'll mention, uh, look at the scripture, Proverbs 30, verse 17. <laughs> it's a great scripture. Oh, it's fun. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. That's a lovely scripture. <laughs> Just put that by your little bedside and let that be your starting every day. Right scripture. What a wonderful scripture. It says, it says backing up to the last verse there, the eye that mocks. The word mock means to think little of or to think lightly of. That needs to shift. That had to shift in me. When you think lightly, what happens is that my vision gets plucked out. My ability to see things right gets distorted. The vultures of the air pluck out my eyes. I don't see like I need to see. I don't have the right perspective in life if I disdain or even just think lightly of my dad. Alive or dead? Okay. The last point is, so cover your dad. Respect, bless your dad. The third thing is, include your dad. Include your dad. Look at this scripture, Proverbs 19, 26. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. So really, even the word mistreat there, if you look at it and, and then chase away is a little more obvious is, those that disinclude their father brings reproach. You know, and it varies with each situation and you have to work it through your journey. But it means that you're going to do your best in the way that makes sense in your world to include your father. My dad lived in Kansas City. I lived in St. Louis the last 10 years of his life. Although he was mentally impaired, he had every opportunity and every capacity to pick up a phone and call me. And I remember I made a commitment out of honoring my dad. I'm going to call my dad every week. And every week I call my dad. Dad! Something like this. I love you. How you doing? You feeling all right? Hey, let me get you up to date on what's happening with the girls. I want you to know what's happening. And thanks for all the Big Macs. And Love you, Dad. Hang up. Next week, Dad, I love you. That's what's happening. Thanks for the Big Macs. Thanks for calling me buddy. Next week, next week, next week. Ten years every week. She's trying to include. You know how many phone calls I got back in ten years? Well, right there. And the Lord was training my heart. You include him, include him, include him. Include your dad. Even if he's not very inclusive, even if it just doesn't, yeah, find ways, be a bridge builder. Don't chase away your dad, even 
in tough circumstances, find ways to go around the corroded arteries and, and build bridges. It brings life and vitality to you. You know, one of the things, and I, I, I go to Kansas City quite a bit. It's my hometown, and I go to my dad's gravesite. I don't know if this sounds a little morbid to you or, or not. And I go there, and I just, I always by myself, and I lift up my hands. Lord, thank you for giving me grace to honor my dad all the way to the end. Oh, I feel the satisfaction of that. God, thank you. He called me buddy. God, thank you. You know what's happened? Even in a less than stellar relationship with my dad, this thing of honoring him no matter what has opened up a, 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 a space in my heart for God to release to me the glory of his fatherhood into my life. There's a glory that will come from your father. If it doesn't come from your father, you still tap into that glory that will come from your heavenly father as you honor your earthly father. You work around the mess. You work around the less than best through honor, through inclusion, covering and blessing and releasing him. So today, as I close, uh, fathers, retake up the torch of us imperfect men and, and know that God's called you to a noble thing, a unique thing in the earth, that no other place can fill it, nobody else can fill it. And be by the grace of God the father that God wants you to be. That means just be wholehearted. <laughs> Let God's strength be made perfect in your weakness. For everybody in this house, make sure in your heart things are situated right towards your father because it will release a revelation of God as a father to you like nothing else. Just close your eyes and let me just ask you this. You're here this morning and you, and maybe just through the difficulties of life, you've gotten detoured, gotten distracted from God. And you're here and you really need to know him as your father. If, if you just need a fresh start with God, I'm just going to ask you, lift up your hand all across this place. If you just want a fresh start with God. Um, yeah, good, good. I want to pray for this beautiful Elevation Church house. Father, I pray for the fathers in this house. God, I ask that you would release in them even a new level of an undefeatable spirit of faith and courage. Enable them, as Scripture says, to act like men and be strong and have faith. God, give them a recharging today, even in the mundaneness of fatherhood, that they would freshly realize the sacredness of it. Give them fresh and enlarged capacity to follow their kids, young or older. And I pray for everyone in the house, Lord, this precious house. Give them grace where needed to cover their dads, to release blessing in a fresh new way on this Father's Day. 
and to include them in a way that makes sense. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen.